0: stock episode number 46 I'm your host Adam Stachowiak this show features in-depth one-on-one conversations with founders you can tune in live to the show on Wednesdays that's today at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on 5x5 and today I'm joined by Drew Stroney Drew you're the founder of a products company called Jestro. you've been on the show before and you're known for most known for at least uh, Theme Foundry and now Memberful which is a membership as a service site which is pretty neat so welcome back to the show
1: Thanks for having me, Adam. It's great to be here.
0: Yeah, man. So, you were on the show before. It's uh, a distance between part one and part two, I guess. So, this really isn't a part two. It's more like a catch back up, right? Definitely. I think the last time you were on the show, we pretty much keyed around, you know, your, uh, your founder story, more or less. Uh, talking about, you know, you've had some football days. You, you're not just uh, somebody who is a pixel pusher. You've uh, gone to school, as, I think it was for, for philosophy, wasn't it? You have a degree in philosophy?
1: Yes philosophy
0: so I mean you're you're not just your typical web dude, right?
1: <laughs> well, I definitely have a web interest and i've I've always had a, a real strong interest in computers, but I've also uh kept interested in a, in a I guess a wide variety of things so um, I don't know if that makes me atypical or not, but uh, I definitely have a you know wide variety of interests
0: so for those who haven't listened to part one uh, i guess aka somewhat part one um for those who may not have known who you are, or even know about uh, what you guys are doing um, at Theme Foundry, or what you're now doing at Memberful, give the listeners an intro, I guess, to to maybe a bit about who you are.
1: Okay, um, I founded Gestro, uh, which is kind of the parent company for the Theme Foundry um, and Memberful, in two thousand seven, late two thousand seven. Before that, uh, I've been actually playing football in the NFL for. About four years. Um, prior to that, I graduated from Duke University in 2003. Uh, so, like I said earlier, I, I've always kind of had an interest in in tech, and I've always had an interest in computers. So, kind of getting into this industry was a natural fit. And, and uh, while I was playing in the NFL, we had a we had a lot of downtime to get into this sort of stuff, and. Well, get into whatever you want really but i was I was always had this as kind of a hobby, so um, I was getting really interested in what was going on in the web world and and whatnot and uh at that time, you know things like content management systems and and other things were just kind of starting to come to the forefront as gaining popularity and whatnot so I kind of got interested in wordpress and then after I finished finished football. I got more interested in WordPress, started doing it with some, ended up doing it with some client work and then um, later started uh, designing some themes and uh, we ended up selling those themes, selling some themes. And uh, since then in 2010, um, basically the selling the themes was becoming a bigger part of our business than uh, doing client work. So we kind of focused full time on that and uh, since then, we've we've got uh, two other people on board. We're looking to hire uh, more people, and uh, we've we've grown a lot since then. And uh, as far as Memberful goes, it's kind of a new service we're working on. It's not even it's it's not really a public service yet. Uh, we've got a uh, few people using it in beta, probably um, close to a hundred people using it in beta right now. Um, one of those is actually five by five uses Memberful to um, power memberships for five by five. And um, basically what Memberful is, is is it's a service to um, make selling subscriptions online easy. Um, So our goal is to have it plug into pretty much any CMS or any system that you use. Um, So we've done that by kind of focusing on um, building an API and uh, leveraging that API to write, you know, plugins or other integrations for other services right now. Naturally, we've started with WordPress, so we've got kind of a, a pre-done integration for WordPress. So if you want to sell subscriptions with WordPress, you can kind of just drop in Memberful and um, go to town, start protecting content, uh, selling different subscription levels and, and all that stuff. Uh, so, you know, our goal is to kind of continue down that path and uh, keep Memberful focused on the selling of subscriptions and uh, making it really easy to integrate with whatever system you might be using.
0: That's a a pretty wild thing. I know that when you on the sh- when you were on the show last time, I believe we might have touched on it near the end. I'm not sure if that was your super secret thing or not, because I know every show I ask, you know, the, the guests or guests, um, you know, what's what's upcoming, you know, what's something no one knows about. I can't recall if you mentioned you're working on some cool project like this or not, but I'm pretty sure we touched upon it, but. Um, let's rewind and just maybe do an update on Theme Foundry. I know that you just released a, a new theme not long ago, maybe a couple months back. I'm on your newsletter list; so I always get those. And I think Snap's pretty neat. But um, what's what's happened since the last time you've been on the show in and around Theme Foundry or the Theme Foundry, as you, which is the proper name.
1: Right. So um, I'd say a lot's happened. We've we've continued to grow. We've continued to focus on um, improving our collection. So when I first started uh, designing themes. Back in 2008, it was just me. And one of the interesting things, and I think we all realize whenever you're doing work on the web, that something that you might have done two or three years ago, you can immediately start to see the warts and the different problems with it, you know, as time goes by. So, um, one of the things we really focused on is just bringing the level of our theme collection up and up and up so that. We can be really proud of everything we have we have in the collection so um, we focused more on uh, quality than necessarily quantity so we've we've retired some themes and we've continued to release new themes and and uh, i feel like we've really upped the overall quality of our entire collection so that it's um, something we can really be proud of but overall our focus is 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 kind of a simple one we've we've stayed focused on building flexible easy to use wordpress themes without uh tons of options or tons of crazy frameworks or anything like that we've kind of stuck to the stuck to the basics and focused on really clean usable design and uh, great great customer support um and Lately we've even started to add a lot more kind of developer friendly features like um I know you'll like this adam but we we include sas with all of our all of our newer themes and with a compass config file, so you know somebody can grab one of our themes and just uh jump right into the sas and and not have to have to worry about uh fighting with traditional c s s and and that sort of thing
0: that's pretty neat and around that note even when you deliver that there's like this uh... Uh, remind me of the name of it, but there's a, a like a pre-framework you were working on last time we talked, and that was open source too.
1: Right, it's called Forge. Uh yeah. it's, it's a free open source toolkit. It's built on Ruby. Uh, it basically allows you to leverage some of these languages like Sass, Less, CoffeeScript, uh, and then roll that right into WordPress themes, and and kind of give you a nice work environment for for building WordPress themes using those languages. Yeah, this is this is a
0: a really neat uh, little project here. So this is something that you actually built for yourself to use, uh this command line toolkit for bootstrapping and developing WordPress themes. Um SAS, Less, CoffeeScript, all these little fun things, but um this is something you use for yourself and then you decided to open source it too.
1: Right. So, you know, we needed something for for at the theme foundry to kind of streamline and um organized development around kind of one central way that we approach how we develop themes and, and we take organization and you know folder structure file structure all that stuff really you know clean code we take all that stuff really seriously so this was kind of a natural level of abstraction to kind of get into something like this that made it really easy for us to work on projects in an organized way and still deliver you know standard WordPress themes to our customers so and there's no reason why you know we wanted to release it open source just because um, we've benefited from a lot of similar tools uh, in our own development. So we felt like it was a it was natural to kind of give back to the community in that way.
0: I just happened to be looking through some of your issues here on GitHub, and it seems like you might even be p- taking some playbooks from from Ruby on Rails. I mean, since it's since Forge is written in Ruby, it makes sense to kind of borrow some cool niceties they have developed in that framework. So you got sprockets in there as well to, to load JavaScript files. Are you using it for SaaS as well, by any chance? Just curious.
1: Yeah, so um, I didn't personally build Forge, so I'm not familiar with the inner inner workings of it. Gotcha. But yeah, we, we took a lot of Ruby and Ruby on Rails conventions uh, because Memberful itself is actually built on Ruby on Rails. So uh, we've tried to take a lot of those kind of that making decisions and having an opinion about how things should be structured and kind of putting that into how we do WordPress theme development.
0: This is really great. Yeah. I mean, uh, for those who are uh, the hackers in the, in the audience, listen to this Uh, sprockets is something that rails uh, uses in Ruby on rails, obviously to load and uh, to like basically bring in files into the rails Application and then dumb it down into or pull them into like one single file name. It also does things like versioning for releasing. It's it's a pretty neat thing, so you should look into it if if it's uh, something neat. But it's kind of cool to see it in Forge. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's even neater to see that uh, you know, I mean, uh, to see that you've open sourced this, and even to see like to see that you guys have kept using it, and then even. You know, like the cool thing is with open source coding or even social coding, as GitHub likes to say, um, is being able to put that code out there. And in your case, you know, it's a commercial application. So, you know, what I mean by that is that you're using it in a commercial sense. So you guys built it and the community is helping you keep this thriving tool that you use in-house to make money uh, to, you know, to kind of use the latest greatest, too. That's that's really a sweet uh you know sweet business model a lot, a lot of businesses like yours are taking advantage of these days
1: you know through open source definitely I mean I think it's a win win for everybody involved uh, with tools and toolkits like this sort of thing
0: so we kind of we kind of jumped right into what memberful is I know we uh, wanted to kind of get an update on theme Foundry because I haven't touched base with you really much since since that call we had uh, your first show here on founder's talk but Um, so we, um, we mentioned a little bit earlier that you have been on the show before, and I think we did mention memberful And as I, I went back in some notes and I recall looking at a dribble shot you did in like October of late 2010 or something like that. Right. It was early versions of memberful. I mean, like this is not new for you. You guys
1: have been like working on this for, it seems like over two years now. Right. I mean yeah way too long i mean i have learned lots of lessons just uh, throughout this process about uh, launching and uh, when you talk about something before you launch it i mean we've we've already made big strides in the fact that we're already in beta we've got a lot of people using it and we're you know getting ready gearing up to actually launch it publicly uh soon but you know we announced it like you said back in two thousand and ten I think which in hindsight it's like you know, don't talk about something that far ahead of time until you're uh much closer to actually shipping something. Otherwise, it kind of uh really lets the air out of the whole thing for people that get excited about it early on, and, and that was definitely one of the mistakes we made early on.
0: So over this past gap then, so let's say last two years, what's been going on? Besides like I know this last, let's say Six months, I think you guys have been more of a, not a, not an open beta because you said everything is closed, but you've been inviting people in. You said you've got a hundred people into the platform now testing and, in you know, in a beta scenario, uh, one of my good friends, Tim Smith is actually using it for, um, his memberships on his podcast. And, uh, -hmm. and I think he's even doing something pretty cool with, uh, like doing online courses. This Tim likes to teach is is his thing. And, um, um, I'm, Pretty sure he's using Memberful for that too. So I mean, you're already seeing it used in production. You're seeing beta though,
1: right? So it it is interesting because we've been using it uh, in production ourselves for almost 18 months. I mean, we've been using it since um, so not quite 18 months. We've been using it since February of uh, 2012. So we've been using it for quite a while. Um, ourselves and it's been you know processed thousands and thousands of transactions and you know it's not a thing where we feel um, that it's not stable we just want to put some more work into the features that are there and we also want to add some more um, you know highly requested features before we get it out the door so that we can feel like it's a um, we can feel really confident in in the product offering or the service offering when once we do get it out the door
0: well, let's talk about some of the lessons learned then i mean it sounds like you got some pain points you know of yourself that i'm not familiar with so what are some of the the most unique things you think you've learned over the last 2 to 3 years with this announcing it slowly developing it um you know what's what's it been like what are you what are you learning about releasing something this like this
1: well the biggest lesson like i, I mentioned earlier is you know the idea, and I think I think we all have heard this before, but, you know, the idea is the easy part. Getting the idea, maybe doing some sketches, concepts and whatnot, you know, that's the easy part. And then there's a lot of hard work in between that and actually getting something that's, that's uh, ready to use. Um, the thing I, I have learned about it that is, has been interesting is the way we've built the application has kind of evolved in that... We originally built it for our own needs, so you know kind of the traditional dog fooding thing like, hey, we need something better to sell uh, our digital products so that's kind of how we started with memberful um, as a replacement for some of the other software out there that I wasn't too impressed with and as it evolved, I realized that when you build software for yourself, you tend to neglect uh, certain features because there may not be that important to you. But if you don't fully research the market and understand where you want to place this service, that you may need to do some work on that, on that application in order to kind of, I guess, find its niche or find, find where it's going to be positioned to uh, hit a sweet spot. And, and for us, um, that kind of changed over time. So Memberful started out, like I said, just for us to sell our digital products. Um, but all all along, I kind of saw it as something where, where you'd want to sell subscriptions as well. And uh, as that as time went on, I realized that that was more the the area that I felt like I, we wanted to be in was. Uh, selling subscriptions and and selling the digital products is kind of like a nice tie-in with the subscriptions and the way we built the system uh, makes it really easy to include digital products with subscriptions. So it's kind of like an added feature on top of the subscriptions. Like you can sell a subscription and you can add digital products in with that subscription. So people can quickly, you know, download some eBooks or whatever it might be. Um, You can also sell them standalone, but it's been an interesting evolution going from where the product naturally or where the service naturally went, based on our needs, as to where it needs to go to actually fit into the market, into where uh, we want to be ultimately.
0: So, when you say where do you want to be ultimately? So it sounds like you did some um, maybe no research. <laughs> <But you laughs> couldn't quite tell by the sounds right. of how you talked about it, but it sounded like it was you know, like you said, you're dogfitting your own thing. Uh, and I know, I know what that's like, too, because sometimes you're like, well, that feature doesn't really matter to me quite as much as it might if this is an actual production application and, you know, lots more users and needing to be far more bulletproof in this scenario. But to me, OK, I know how this works. so I can kind of cut corners on that user experience or cut corners on that feature set and be a little bit more limited, maybe even save myself some time. So um, has that been going on quite a bit or is it is it this I'm I'm still trying to understand if like it's just been a lot of work of the last two to three years or if this last year's really been like your heads down focus mode
1: well uh, i guess the biggest thing would be that it's been a learning process and like you said you know at first i said uh, you know with little to no research saying hey let's just build something cool and use it because we need something better you know right. and and then <laughs> as that happens and as that unfolds and then you start saying okay, we want to make this a reality and we want to actually start marketing it and eventually, you know, make a business around it. You know, how's that going to fit in? And, and honestly, you know, maybe that's not the best approach. That's the approach we took. Um, I think it's going to, I think it's going to be successful. Um, But it, it was kind of a roundabout approach in that we needed the tool for our own, for ourselves. And therefore we kind of For me, I just focused on solving the problem more than worrying about market research or, you know, figuring out how it's going to fit in. Um, But once you've kind of solved the problem and then you have it when you're looking to actually launch the service to, you know, beta customers or people that are actually going to use this in production, you have to think about how you're positioning the service and how you know, w- who your audience is and, and what the strength of the service is. And, you know, is, is there are there a bunch of other services that are doing something similar or do you want to kind of position yourself in a way that uh, might be slightly different than them and, and or whatever it might be? And for me, it was that, you know, the branding and, and the whole concept of Memorable is obviously built around selling subscriptions just by the brand name and everything else. So I had to kind of, Um, but the fact is for us at the theme foundry, we sell digital products. So that's just kind of one piece of it. We also do sell subscriptions where you can get like, um, all those digital products for a yearly price, but the actual selling of the subscriptions part isn't quite a huge focus for us, but it had to be a focus for the service. So we kind of had to go through this phase of relooking at it through that lens and, and forgetting about our our unique problems for a little bit and, and exactly what we're facing with, you know, the theme foundry.
0: You mentioned, you know, others in the marketplace. I, I gotta be honest with you. I don't know personally, I don't know of any others that are life member full that are quite positioned the same way you are. And I would even venture to say that this is a good time for memberships. More and more people are, you know, obviously doing creative things on the web. More and more people are trying to find ways to sell their digital products. And, you know, I'd see say even over the last year, to a year and a half, a lot more, um, content producers are desiring to sell memberships. So obviously you're in a good market for that, uh, to their content, either through paywall or through restricted access, or like you had said, um, certain different levels and whatnot. So, I mean, it sounds like you're in a, in a pretty decent place at the right time. I mean, maybe it's just by happenstance that that this product, uh, actually started out a number of years ago and it was only through the accident of dog fooding.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And, and, you know, I I think there are some others definitely in in the market already. And and quite honestly, I'd I'd be more worried if it was like, you know, we were the only ones doing something like this, because to me, you know, I guess an unproven market is a lot scarier than something that's clearly established, you know, people are worth, you know, something worth paying for. But I think one of the unintended side effects of Uh, there's been kind of this wave in the past, I'd say, year where selling access to your content and kind of finding ways to make money outside of advertising is gaining more traction. And I feel like we've really kind of timed things well to ramp up our service as that's becoming more commonplace and more a legitimate monetization strategy for a podcast or a blog or a magazine or whatever it might be.
0: So I guess from your perspective then, because I you know I got it my own perspective, but from the perspective of the founder of Memberful, the 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 man behind it basically, you know, what is your perspective on on this marketplace, this membership sites, this digital selling of goods?
1: Well, I, I think that the web is going to continue to evolve in a direction where people are going to look to uh, more traditional ways of paying for content. So we've kind of gone through this phase on the web where, uh, you know, traditionally, if I wanted to read the New York Times 30 years ago, I would pay for a subscription. Uh, I would get it delivered to my door. I would open it up every morning with my coffee and I would read it. Um you know the web has kind of gone through this period where that was never possible, and it's been kind of like a mad rush for figuring out the best ways to do that and Up until now, the best way to do that has been advertising, which really hasn't um had the same oomph behind it as you know that subscription type approach so I see the web continuing to continuing to evolve in that direction, in those more tradition in the more traditional sense of people, you know, when they find content that they like, and that's you know any type of content, whether it's audio, video, uh, the written word, whatever it is, when they find content that they like, as you know, s- these tools become uh, easier to use and and easier to get in publishers hands, it'll be easier for essentially customers and readers and and consumers of that content to kind of fall back to those traditional models of, Hey, like, yeah, you know, I really like reading Adam's blog and and I I think he's got a lot of great stuff to say and I've been reading it for a while and and I'm happy to pay, you know, $5 a month to get some special access to some more in-depth articles or maybe some, you know, extra content or whatever it might be.
0: Hmm. So I guess out the box, I mean, it only makes sense to out the box to focus on WordPress too, because I mean, I think it's pretty neat that you got a pretty much a one click setup with WordPress. I mean, that, that to me is just phenomenal. I mean, obviously if WordPress is one of the most widely used content management systems slash blogs, you know, the, the debate's still out on that one, um, <laughs> you know, to, to do that. I mean, I use WordPress for the change log, um, you know, and, just a disclaimer here. I'm actually, you know, working on using Memberful for the change law. We're currently using a plugin that I'm not quite happy with, not because it's broken or not having any issues. I just kind of see this as a better scenario for us, and and so I'm I'm looking to use it as well. But when you started to look at the actual integration, I know that you mentioned um a lot of focus on the API aspect of it because essentially Memberful is an API, and then you have. Uh, a number of different potential clients out there, whether it's a WordPress blog or some other CMS. What was it like approaching? Uh, I guess the problem from a different angle of just like uh, views and and features versus uh, an actual extensible developer API.
1: Well, I think you have to kind of look at it uh, from a, from a bigger picture of you know what you're trying to deliver in the service. So for us, we're trying to deliver a point and click. Experience for any publisher that wants to sell their content um, and make it super easy. So, in order to do that, you kind of have to build your application. You know, we've chose to work really tightly with Stripe. That's the only payment processor that we integrate with currently. So, we've kind of said, you know, we're gonna we're gonna stick with Stripe as a, as our payment processor, and that's a good choice. And yeah, and and we've you know we've been. Very fortuitous in the timing of them releasing uh, features like Stripe Connect and other things um, that they've kind of they they keep pushing the envelope uh, on you know cool developer features and and features for people that are building services on top of Stripe. Um, so as far as looking at the looking at the bigger picture, it's it's a focus on building that service layer on top of Stripe that makes it really easy to manage a customer base as well as, you know, sell through to a customer base um, with subscriptions and, and even digital products on top of that. And then making it super simple to integrate with whatever you might use. So, um, you know, one approach would be to say, well, we're going to try and bite off the whole the whole thing. And we're going to say, you know, if you want to use this, you, you, you're going to use Memberful for everything. You're going to use it for Uh, you know writing your posts and building your website and everything else but we've kind of chose chosen to take a more narrow approach of saying like we're going to focus on this one problem about selling uh, you know on selling subscriptions and doing that really well and then build our api and build um, you know pre-built service integrations that will work really well with different systems so that as you know better systems and, and other CMS software and whatever it might be comes about, we'll be prepared to integrate our service with that so that anyone who is uh, selling subscriptions to their website with Memberful can, Memberful can feel confident that they can kind of, uh, you know, if they want to switch to a different CMS or switch to something new five years down the road, they'll be able to do that because we're going to stay focused on... Um, our specific piece and making it integrate with, you know, whatever's you want to use for, you know, managing your content, because that problem, you know, building a CMS is obviously uh, really hard. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard. So, um, and there's already, you know, a healthy market for that, for those products. So um, any products out there or, you know, software out there that is, open enough to allow us to kind of, um, interact with it, we're, we're going to be more than willing to, you know, build an integration for it so that people can start using that to, uh, in conjunction with memberful to sell subscription access to their, to their website.
0: It sounds like you may have had to say no quite a bit during this, this journey for yourself. Like, I mean, you could have gone the route of CMS and you could have gone the route a number of different ways. Can you describe some of the maybe some of the shiny objects you've had to kind of, um, you know, veer away from and to, to keep you and your team focused.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there's always a tendency. And, and one of the things that consistently pops up is, you know, there's always more ideas than time. And I think this is something that's been talked about quite a bit, but it in when you're actually faced with it uh, you have to make really clear decisions and you have to, uh, I guess, cut some things out. I'm trying to think of, uh, you know, I guess the payment processors would be one example. You know, we've gotten some questions, you know, do you support anyone, you know, do you guys support any other payment processors? And we don't, and we don't have any immediate plans to. and, And it's mainly so that we can stay focused on building a really clean and usable application service on top of Stripe. Um, and avoid you know the h- hassle and the headache of dealing with different payment providers and how they may um, approach the the flow of interacting with them and whatnot so it It makes a lot of decisions for us more clear um, when we 're designing say the checkout page or something else. We can think about it uh, in a much more straightforward way because we 're not juggling ten different balls when it comes to uh, a payment payment processor. And, and how they handle things.
0: Yeah, that certainly makes sense. I mean, I know that uh, even Stripe themselves are uh and you said this a bit earlier too, they're just very focused on developer happiness, um whereas in the past, um you know, auth and a number of other names pop up PayPal and um and others. The the two main that are getting a lot of light in in uh in respect to PayPal have been uh, Braintree and Stripe and I know we use Braintree at Pure Charity so we really enjoy the integration there but you know on my side you know in side projects I really enjoy Stripe you know because it's really easy to work with uh, like you had mentioned a pretty clean API They're focus on developer happiness so I, I think that's a, a pretty wise choice. Um, yeah and I mean
1: one of the biggest things too for is that their, their sign up and, and the ability to the friction that's involved in getting set up as a as a Stripe customer. It's like easy.
0: I mean, (laughs) my Lord, it's like laughably easy. It's, it's so awesome how easy it is to get started with Stripe. And I mean, even flipping the bit from test mode to production is, you know, simple. They make everything, everything is just so simple with it. So, I mean, I think it, so you'd mentioned that's a shiny object for you because you've had others, uh, you know, asking you, so, let me just ask you here on the on the call. Then, when are you going to integrate with PayPal? <laughs> we don't have any plans to uh, integrate <laughs> with PayPal right now. So, I mean, uh, it's probably no problem for most people too, right? Because there's a lot of people who have actually banned PayPal from anything they touch because of the way they've turned. Um, you know, in some cases, for their own reasons, uh, sometimes even with uh, their own what they think is good reasons, but. You know, turning off people's accounts and stuff like that—it's just kind of crazy. I'm so excited about what—I know this is kind of a veer off the path, but I'm excited about um, what Stripe has done over the last couple of years. And I even really enjoyed the, one of their founders. He gave a talk at Code School. It's why Combinators Code School—they do it like once a year. Mm-hmm. He gave such a great talk on how they got started and what they were aiming to do, and how freaking difficult it is to do what they've done, and how well they do it. Is insane to me, you know. I mean, because dealing and integrating with banks is not an easy, easy task. I mean, it's tough.
1: No, not at all. It's not an easy task, and and like you said, they've done an amazing job, and uh, it's really, I think, pushed the the whole world of payment processing forward with you know a big step forward, and and that's been great for everyone. I mean, just you know, related to PayPal. I mean, when we switched to Stripe to sell our own stuff we noticed a huge drop off in fraud and and how many chargebacks we were getting and things like that. And and that's just a huge testament to, um, I guess, how less polluted it is um, when you're not dealing with PayPal in a general basis. And I'm not trying to slander PayPal in any way. It's just our own one single personal experience that we had with fraud. But, um, you know, just wanted to mention that.
0: Yeah, definitely not. I mean, I think if anything, it's just like, you know, PayPal's been around for a while and that's you know that's a it's a whole conversation on its own but they've um they've been the Goliath in the room for a while so they've been able to kind of sit back and relax and not innovate and then here you have Stripe who's got the only way they can hit market share or the only way they can hit success is by innovating and by you know um you know drinking from the the ways that Twilio had done to kind of get integrated into the community. They, they totally focus on developer happiness. And that's just not, a, hadn't been in the past a, a focus for PayPal. Yeah, but I mean, I mean there's, there's some good people working there. And sure, I mean, there's no, there's no, nothing bad against them. It's just overall PayPal has made some bad decisions over the last couple of years, especially with independent publishers, which is totally what you're focused on.
1: Right. And I, you know, I, another funny thing I think is that uh, Elon Musk is, you know, he was one of the founders of PayPal. Yeah. And now he's an investor in Stripe, which I think is uh, very yes. ironic.
0: <laughs> well, it's like they – yeah. so his uh, – I mentioned – I can't remember his name. I don't know why. But um, the founder of uh, – one of the founders of Stripe, in his talk, he was talking about how it was kind of like a, a united effort of ex-PayPal uh, founders, you know? Right. Or early, uh, early team PayPal that now – um, you know, investing in and, uh, and mentoring for Stripe, which is pretty neat. Hope to have him on the show someday, but uh, we'll see. So you mentioned being CMS agnostic, uh, you know, in terms of how you were delivering and building up memberful. And obviously, you know, with the theme foundry, you've got this history of goodness with, uh, with WordPress for lack of better terms. So, are there any other CMSs that uh, you're focusing on or are you totally focused on WordPress for now?
1: Right now we're gonna we're, we're really focused on WordPress and we're focused on uh, improving our API documentation and kind of just making our API a little bit more robust so that when the time comes to branch out to some other CMSs, uh, it's really easy for us or even other people to build uh, plugins on top of it that, that work really well with our system. So... Um, but right now, WordPress is obviously most would say, especially for, if you're self-hosting your site, it's, it's you know, it's the they hold the majority of the market share, and, and we happen to have um, already kind of a focus there with the Theme Foundry, so it's a real natural fit for us to um, stay focused on making the WordPress plugin better and better. Um, and, but like like I said, or like you had mentioned, it's it's already really. I mean, it's it's literally point and click. You just copy and paste, and and your sites connected, and then you can just start doing stuff. But there's some little features that we want to add to it to just make it even even better and even easier to use for people. Um, so we're going to continue to kind of stay focused on that at the moment. But bigger picture, you know, long term thinking, I see us as as being definitely. CMS agnostic, so that uh, we're able to uh, adapt to wherever people want to, you know, host their content.
0: Um. Yeah, in the in the intro, I kind of had to hold myself back from calling you a membership as a service service, because <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking to myself, like, um, essentially, you just become, you know, this data store in the cloud, for lack of better terms, especially as the platform matures. I mean, you're essentially a data store for memberships, and you're basically two tables, and maybe a couple more tables out there in in the cloud that you're integrating with through through an API. So WordPress has its own users in this database, but you're uh, you're replicating that, or I guess maybe syncing that uh, to Memberful, and uh, and there's you know products and there's subscriptions. So there's a couple more tables out there, but it prevents the you know the person that's running the WordPress site or whatever the CMS might be from having to learn how to do you know pci compliance and all this other stuff that comes with exchanging funds and that kind of thing it makes it just um you know a heck of a lot easier to to do that
1: definitely and it's you know setting up https and all those other things and just worrying about maintaining that data on your own um you know with your cut with customers and your uh, in say like wordpress for example you have all your customers stored in wordpress and Um, 10 years from now, you want to switch to something else or even five years from now. And you feel like you're kind of, you know, that is suddenly a monumental challenge because you need to figure out a way to get all these people out and then, you know, move them into a new, um, CMS and then find a plug-in that will also do what you were doing for that new CMS or whatever it might be. And, um, it's a mess, man. It's a mess. Yeah. Yeah, That's just
0: a total mess. I mean, and like you had said too, I mean, um, let's use the changelog for example you know i'm not using memberful right now i'm using a plugin that's very similar to the feature set of memberful but you've got api and and uh you know i don't have to worry about hosting my own SSL anymore and stuff like that whenever i uh get moved over but essentially it allows me to operate a multi-person blog podcast and other fun stuff that we're doing with the changelog and be able to open that up and allow the fans the true fans of the show and the podcast, and uh the blog to to jump in and for the most part it's literally point and click. So I mean it's very liberating to be able to find ways to start to bootstrap companies, even like small independent publishers, for example. Um or even in the case of like I mentioned earlier in the show, like uh Tim Likes to teach, my buddy Tim. I mean, he's uh he he's one guy, right? He does right. he he enjoys doing some courses, he puts them online. He makes an awesome website around it, built in WordPress and Uses Memberful to to manage that access to that that content, all the payment necessary and stuff, and he didn't have to build any of it. I mean, it's so liberating. I mean, I cannot wait to hear your story three years from now. You know, that's going to be fun. I mean, it's fun now, but I, I'm excited for three years from now for you.
1: Honestly, yeah, me too. I mean, I think it's just it's ex- it's an exciting area as well, just like at a core level because you're helping people you know, sell their hard work. And yeah. and that's always just, you know, a really exciting thing. And it's it's very rewarding to see people selling their work and not having to struggle to sell like struggle to figure out all the technical aspects of selling their work. And it's not that you couldn't do it before. It's just that we're, you know, with Memberful we feel like we're making it easier and easier so that, you know, like you said, you could um sign up for the service and 10 minutes later, you can have your blog set up and ready to go and you don't even have to think about it. And you're just like, cool, I'm selling subscriptions, you know, and, you know, I can have a community supporting my work.
0: You know, one thing we didn't really talk about here, um, and maybe listeners are thinking about this, but I just didn't think about it to, to really ask it yet. But um, you talk about on your site, uh, it's the, the way that you charge for Memberful for those who use it. So right now you're charging basically a percentage. So your success is dependent upon the independent publisher's success, right?
1: Right. So right now during the early access period, it's a it's just a 2% uh, flat fee per charge. Um, we're we, When we actually launch, we may change the pricing a little bit, but it's not going to be uh, anything drastic. Um, we definitely want to keep it um, an, um, a plan, definitely a plan available that... People can get into this without feeling that they have to pay a monthly fee so that they can just get up and selling without necessarily laying anything out um on the table to start with so they don't they don't have to feel like they're putting out uh you know a big investment on a piece of software that they may or not may or may not uh actually need in a couple of years
0: so when you when you look at the next six months maybe six months to a year, I don't know how far I'll look. Um, you forecast or plan for or try to at least hypothesize against um you know what are some of the biggest bigger challenges bigger hurdles you you see yourself facing with Memberful over the next six to month six months to a year
1: i think the the biggest challenges that we're going to face are um once we actually do come out of beta and start selling it and we start marketing it more aggressively from uh you know talking about it more um average, like paying for some advertising to kind of get the word out and just doing more stuff, like actually getting some real feedback and, and more feedback from customers and figuring out the direction that we're going to head. Uh, one thing that I learned through the theme foundry is that, you know, the, the direction that you start out in or the the concept that the, the way that you think things are going to head, uh, with regard to features or how you might, Approach a certain thing uh, isn't necessarily how it's going to end up in a couple of years, and and when you look back on it, it's something usually where you would never would have guessed where you would have been, you know, a couple of years down the road. So, uh, but that journey itself is is what makes it really fun to kind of see uh, the product changing and and the service changing and and kind of figuring out how to solve problems for customers and the better you can get at doing that, the, you know, obviously the more success you'll have. And and that, that kind of, that journey is kind of the fun, the fun part of it. What,
0: um, let's talk about tribes for a second. I don't know if you are a fan of Seth Godin or his book tribes, but I really appreciate a lot of the wisdom he shared in that book. And, And so that's the topic for this next question basically is, is do you think it was, uh, Um, Do you think your success with the Theme Foundry has uh, helped you bootstrap the acceptance and trust level with the community when you're launching Memberful? Has that been uh, a huge plus for you or has it been just not so much?
1: I think without a doubt, it's, it's been a huge plus. And I think whenever you have experience and, you know, whether you call it a tribe or just a, you know, People that are familiar with you and your and your services and the work you've done, uh, it makes it easier to do uh, to do more things because you automatically have a a built-in audience of people who are paying attention to some degree to what you're doing, um, and you you meet and run into people that can kind of uh, help you in a way. But at the same time, I don't think that's a substitute for actually doing something great because. You know, if you having that network or having that tribe or whatever you might call it, if your product or your service ends up not being very useful or not a good idea, uh, it it doesn't really matter. You know, there's the, the tribe itself isn't necessarily going to make the make the make the service or the product. But if you've got if you're onto to something and, you, and you've built something useful and customers are getting things done with your service or your product and and feeling like this is really solving a problem for them. And then you kind of layer on top some kind of um, previous experience that's allowed you to already gain a foothold with a community of customers. It makes it all that much easier to kind of ratchet things up a bit. And we've definitely seen those effects with memberful and the theme foundry just from the fact that there's a kind of that natural wordpress tie-in and we've already uh you know done a lot of work in the wordpress world so it's it's been kind of a natural uh natural fit
0: so i know um we kind of go on this whole entire show talking about how you're still in this closed beta so for those that are listening that are like listening with bated breath, like, come on, Drew, uh, say at the end of the show that you're going to have or something like that. <laughs> I'm not going to have this puppy, you know? Um, what do you say to those people who are, or, you know, they want to get involved. You're obviously not fully open yet. You know, how are you handling this situation? I, I guess even thinking about that now, I'm, I'm actually now surprised that uh, um, you came on the show and not have your doors open. I mean, not, <laughs> not that it's a bad thing on your part, but that you agreed, like you wouldn't say, hey, Adam, can we delay two months or three months or something like that instead.
1: Right. So, you know, I'd say right now to anyone who is interested in Memberful or interested in trying the service or, you know, has something to sell right now or is selling something or, you know, wants to switch from PayPal, I'd definitely say reach out because while the beta isn't wide open, it's, you know, we're readily accepting people that actually have something that they want to sell right now and are interested in using the service um, so, you know, without a doubt, shoot us an email and, um, you know, I'll, I'll personally get you set up with an account and, and we'll get you going. And we're, uh, we've got a base camp project that's kind of managing the beta and, and a good number of the, the beta users are, are there on the base camp project and talking about different features and having discussions. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're excited to kind of continue to build that group a little bit.
0: Can we Pause and talk about that for a little bit because I thought it was kind of unique. I think I've seen maybe one or two others do that, but um, I'm part of that group too in, in that base camp. And I, I think it's so awesome how, um, you know, kind of going back to that tribes talk. Like a lot of those people in there are either, um, you know, internet pals of yours or close friends or people who have bought things from you or people who just trust you because of who you are in the community. Um, you know, what is, what is opening up base camp and kind of allowing that. Um, you know, beta group to kind of have their own community within the community, I guess to say how's that helped you to focus and identify bugs or issues or future features
1: i think I think it's been fantastic in that we've got a central place where we can kind of just have those discussions and people can post as questions, post feature requests, uh we can talk about things. And for us as, you know, kind of developing the software, it's much easier than dealing with it, you know, kind of trying dealing with it over mailing lists or, uh, just plain old email or whatever it might be. Um, it's, it's nice to have it in that, in that centralized location. And I think I, I mean, when, uh, the guys at 37signals first launched the new base camp, they did an exactly similar thing of, um, they used a Basecamp project to manage the Basecamp beta, the new Basecamp beta. And I was part of that and I thought it was really cool how they did that. And, you know, that's kind of where I took inspiration for using Basecamp to uh, essentially manage the the early access uh, memberful customers. And and it's worked out incredibly well.
0: So you just create a project called memberful beta and just keep adding more and more people, right? Because you're only limited based on projects, not people, right? In Basecamp,
1: right? There's no there's no limit to people, so you can kind of uh, scale that up however you want, and then you you know you pay uh, for that service based on the the number of projects you use. That's
0: pretty cool. I mean, I didn't think about how that works. I mean, that's that's a, a nice way to have like a unified mailing list slash discussion section. Okay, you've got an idea, add a, add it to this to do. I mean, it's kind of uh, Tough though, because there there's so much liberation in there that um, that they can do whatever they want. So the in, the inmates, for lack of better terms, could begin to <laughs> try to run the asylum. And uh, I wonder, has that started to happen? I mean, y- you are a little public here when you say this, though. But has it been uh, you know stressful in any in any uh, part to like to have those people kind of just like they're collaborating, talking, communicating about what you're building. And have this level of anxiety. I, I think for me, I would have, um, I, I would just feel a little anxious about that. That's just personal though.
1: Right. Well, one thing, one good thing is that, you know, I've personally kind of, anyone that's in that beta, I've talked to over email, and, and we're not, um, when people email us about getting uh, in and using the service you know, I'm very, I want to know who these people are. So like, I want to see, you know, whether if you have a Twitter account, like who you are, what your website is. So there's kind of a, a basic level of, okay, like, you know, you've, you've kind of got your badge. Now you can get in as far as, you know, we've, we, you are who you say you are and there's not like just, you know, random people coming in and we don't know who they are and, and, you know, might be just looking to cause trouble or whatever it might be. And I think generally, um, when you kind of trust people and they and put them in an environment for the most part, if um, so people will surprise you when it comes to you know um, just being a good citizen of the little community or whatever it is
0: so let's uh let's ask the famous question i guess to to wrap up the show, which is you know we, we've been talking quite a bit about you being uh you know memberful being in this closed beta um Maybe you have something to announce. I, I don't know, but what's what's upcoming for you for the Theme Foundry for Memberful for for whatever that no one else knows about that you can announce on the show
1: today. So the the thing that I'd like to announce is is and, and this is we've been working um, on a new theme and we're currently working on a new theme with um, Virlo Peters. Um, from belgium and i i I don't know if you may have heard of her but she's a absolutely yeah she's an awesome designer yeah she's incredible and um we've actually been working on a new theme for uh with her for a long time um we've had some hiccups along the way but uh things are finally uh cranked up and and we're looking to release that here um probably in july early july and uh, it's going to be a really exciting theme and and kind of um utilizing some new technologies and new stuff in WordPress that, uh, hasn't been used very much. And we think it's going to be, uh, we think it's going to be a really special theme and we're really excited about it. So keep an eye out for that.
0: You got any hints potentially what these new technologies and features might be?
1: Well, I don't want to go too far down that road, but, um, let's just say that it's going to change, uh, it'll, it'll change the way, um, I guess you experience a WordPress theme and, um, Visually, Verily's done an amazing job of kind of uh, making that even more dramatic. So uh, we're pretty excited about it. You know, for the longest
0: time, I, I'm sure she gets this a lot, though. I always, When I see her name, I, I know she's from Belgium, and um, it's spelled a little differently. And I never heard, actually—I'm not sure I've ever even heard anybody say her name. I've always just seen it, right? And I always thought right. it was Valerie, you know, because when you right. see it, it looks like Valerie to me as an American. But um, that's pretty cool. I like her name. Does, so does this— theme have her signature design style or is it something that's uh, a little bit more accustomed to the the theme foundry way
1: it does it has her it definitely has her uh, design style and it's her uh, you know she's the creative director on the theme essentially she's the one who has kind of the and whenever we work with outside designers the reason that we work with them is to kind of uh, you know get their best ideas and their and their and their talent onto, you know, a canvas. And we want to kind of give them the freedom and the um, power to to be able to take that to its fullest potential. So uh, it, without a doubt, has her kind of uh, creative personality and everything about it. But, you know, we've also, as a team, uh, collaborated with her on ideas and how things uh, have been shaped and all those other things. So uh, it's kind of, it's making for a really exciting theme.
0: Um, I I guess the one question I have, just in general, uh not so much to this one particularly, but to any future Theme Foundry theme, um, if there's gonna be, I mean, some level of play between what you're doing there for WordPress theming and kind of doing some preparatory work towards um, you know, working with Memberful. I know that Memberful has its own views and its own theme editor, which we didn't even talk about on the show, but um so you can kind of give it, it your own style, but is there any plans for like um, like a plans page or a membership levels page, you know, that kind of thing To in any future theme you're working on?
1: You know, we haven't, we haven't, um, you know, it's been on the, I guess on the long range radar, but we haven't, we don't have any like immediate plans to do something like that. One of the things that I've really, really tried to focus on with this, you know, is, is looking at these as the, you know, while there are tie-ins, I want to look at both of these companies as separate companies with separate resources. So, it's not uh, getting into a thing where um, we're intermingling them so much that we're either pulling resources away from one to support the other or whatever it might be. So um, if we do do something like that, I think we'd almost start it more on the memberful side and maybe bring in some of the experience we have on the WordPress side from some of the guys on the Theme Foundry team to help with that, um, but still keep it more on the memberful side. But I definitely think that there are some opportunities to make it even easier to integrate with Memberful by kind of, you know, maybe building a theme that's already got kind of a a, a pre-designed look for, you know, the plans or whatever it might be like you talked about.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, it's a little late in the call to ask this question, but I guess I just made some assumptions that uh, you are blending teams or blending the teams a bit closely. Um, and I just, I guess I just made that assumption and I probably did that incorrectly, but so what is the, the member full team so it's I know you said it's built on a rail stack you said that earlier in a call but is it you is it someone else how many people are on this team
1: it's only two people on this team it's myself and Matt Button who's a, a Ruby developer in the UK. Um, And Matt's been working on member from the start. Um, So we're, we're a super small team, but um, you know, I'm focused on the front end of, of things and and the design and the UI and and the front end code. And Matt's focused on the back end and uh, the theme foundry team, which is uh, myself, Jennifer, Zach, and Scott. um, That's kind of a a total separate entity. So I'm really the only one who's, who's crossing between projects and, and everyone else is, is kind of staying focused on their respective projects
0: and this is a uh, late in the game too for this question too but uh i mean considering the duration of the project so far and uh, i imagine you've made some revenue from it but it can be um, maybe it can be maybe it's groundbreaking <laughs> but uh you know bootstrapping it I, i'd imagine you probably took profits from the theme foundry and consulting and then helped bootstrap memberful is that a correct assumption
1: definitely yeah that's a cr- correct assumption so um you know, obviously there's some, some tie in there, but, uh, as far as we would like to, we're, we are looking at it as, you know, we are kind of making an investment in this new service and, and we've kind of thought that through as far as like, you know, what kind of investment we're going to need to make to, to get it up and running and, and whatnot. Um, so, uh, but at the same time, it has been a bootstrapping of sorts, like that we haven't had, you know, um, funding or millions of dollars in funding to kind of, you know, assemble a 10 person team to work on this. We're definitely kind of uh, starting small and uh, doing it the right way and making sure that we're profitable um, as quickly as possible. Yeah.
0: Well, cool. That about wraps up uh, what I wanted to cover in the show, Drew, but uh, thanks so much for taking the time out of your day to to join me on the call and talk about this super awesome product you've been developing, I think it's like we talked about on the show. It's perfect timing, I think, for uh, for memberships, and yeah, I think your you know stars are aligning for you. Um, and I, I think that what you've built so far is is really just really just fabulous. And I imagine, like you said earlier too, that five x five uses it for the memberships here, which uh, is a testament plus. You've been friends with Dan for, for years anyways because you were the original designer of the 5x5 logo, which is so cool <laughs> as well, you know? I mean, maybe not everybody knows
1: that, though. That's kind of cool. Yeah, fun fact. Yeah,
0: fun fact. So, um, yeah, man, thanks so much for, for tuning in. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in live. Uh, you can uh, listen to the show as you can every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time right here at 5x5. Uh, a little bit of news for next week. I am taking the week off next week got vacation with the family so i'm gonna pause one week for founders talk we'll come back on june 20. i think it's 26th um we got the founder of six wonder kinder coming uh to join me here so make sure you tune in otherwise thanks for listening to this show